I'm Sarah Rose. And I'm Tammy. And we're here to talk to friends near and far about things they're doing to take matters into their own hands and do it themselves. Welcome Welcome to to the the Dirty Dirty Hands Hands Podcast. Hi, Sarah Rose. Hi, Tammy. How's it going? It's going fantastic. My friend Sarah and I, we have restarted after COVID, our outdoor yoga social called Yoga Luna. We try to schedule it around the full moon. And um, And I named it. (laughs) Yes, you did. That's right. (laughs) And uh, so we've restarted that. We started it back in 2018, but we took a very long hiatus when, you know, COVID started. Um, But it's nice to be back in the swing of that again. What's new with you? Well, um, I have come to terms with the fact that I've fallen in love with a duck. (laughs) A duck? Yes. So where did you meet this duck? Is it one of, is it one of John's ducks? It is, but it's, she's slowly becoming my duck. I named her lady for lady duck. (laughs) And um, she belonged to a friend of ours and their dogs were getting a little bit too interested in her. And so they asked us if we would take her. So John took her to a school with our um, our male ducks and the male ducks were getting a little bit too male duck behaviored. <laughs> and um, and she got a little bit of an infection on her foot. It's something called bumblefoot. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a rooster with bumblefoot right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you'll have to uh, Epsom help us. salts. We have to soak her feet in Epsom salt, and then we have a spray um, medicine that we've been spraying on her feet and putting little duck shoes on her feet so that she doesn't get bacteria in her feet. So what is it about this duck that has caused you to change your mind about ducks? I don't know. She just kind of reminds me of a dog. Our our ducks are like, I've always said that, that our ducks are just like dogs because... Wherever you are in the yard, that's where they want to be. Oh, yeah. And when we pull in the driveway, she gets the honking off a storm. She's so happy to see me. She loves apples. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just When I come over and I go to pet her, she just sits down and lets me pet her. She's really, really sweet. Well, now you need a tramp, a duck named Tramp, to go with your lady. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> as long as it's a female duck. I don't want her exposed to any more male duck behavior. Oh, that would be sad to name a... a a female duck trap. Oh, I guess that would be probably be pretty like culturally toned up too, right? <laughs> well, are you ready to hear from our guest today? Absolutely. So today in the studio, we have Jessie Robinette. She is here visiting us from, is it Eustis? Yep. Eustis. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Um, so she took a field trip to be on Dirty Hands. Welcome. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for having me. So Jessie is a total DIY package. She runs her own business. She is a tattooer, a stand-up comedian, a mom, and a homeschooler. And tell us a little bit about um, all of these things that you DIY. All right. So um, I'm actually, I haven't been doing comedy in like a really long time. I just have a history in it and it kind of helped me to do everything else. I feel like it was the best education and just dealing with people and everything and just understanding people. But yeah, I do have a business. I homeschool my kids last two or three years um, and uh, I run a Bible study. I teach at our homeschool co-op. I teach high school art and middle school art. And I just, um, I try to be pretty involved in my community and my kids' lives, and it's pretty hectic these couple years. I bet. Pretty, pretty busy, but it's very worth it, and 
I just want to share um, how important homeschooling is, especially now, and just encourage people that they can do it too. And if I can do it, anybody can do it for real. So Jesse, how old are your kids? I have a 16 year old and a 10 year old. And you've been homeschooling now for a couple of years? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying uh, probably we're, we're on our third year, yeah. And what made you start educating them at home? So the pandemic actually really changed my mind on a lot of things. Changed <laughs> all of our lives. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. It's like an apocalyptic movie. It's like the before time, you know? Like it's like before every, COVID. Yeah, everything was different. Um, so... BC. Yeah, it, I, I've always been um, pretty critical of the school system. And I always had a lot of problems with it, but homeschooling wasn't even a thing I knew anybody did. I did not know, you know, anything about it. You know, you do so many things in your life because you consider it normal and you don't really even think that there's another option. And I'm very career minded and I'm very into my business and my career. So there's a lot of parents out there that just aren't even considering homeschool because it's just it's like an alien idea i think we've been taught that it's one or the other that you either have a career or you homeschool and that the two can't happen simultaneously so you are an entrepreneur you run your own business Mm -hmm. and how much time would you say that you're spending during the week on your business i mean probably like 40 hours a week you know a regular when you run the business and you work at the business right yeah it's really hard to say it's so nebulous when you own your own business you know and Mm. uh have clients and i mean when i'm scrubbing the toilet um i'm there (laughs) when i'm uh, answering emails and sometimes i'm answering emails at nine o'clock at night at my house you know what i mean it's just it's very so you're working all the time (laughs) i'm pretty much working all the time yeah Mm -hmm. and if i'm not if i'm not you know, with my kids homeschooling or taking them to something that they go to, I'm at my business, um, or involved in my church. Those are, I'm, I'm a pretty square bear. Like those are the things I do. And what's your business called? Um, it's LaRue Tattoo. It's in Umatilla. It's about five minutes from my house, which is amazing because if you're going to have that type of lifestyle, it's, Mm -hmm. they're both, it's just kind of like my second home. And, uh, my kids do hang out there and they do get to do school there and my husband has a skate shop in the same building so you know we're a really busy family and I like that with homeschooling you can cultivate a culture within your family and I've noticed that in a lot of homeschool families since we've been involved in it and doing uh, co-op that every family has a very unique culture you don't have to be cookie cutter you don't have to be like, you know, um, before we started, you just said you don't have to be a, a housewife. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be, you know, uh, anything like that. You know, we have a smaller family. There's families that have way bigger families, um, much more kids. And, you know, you can decide what type of culture you're going to have, what things you're going to instill into your kids. And it's, it's really nice to have that complete control. Do you utilize a curriculum or are you, I, I mean, tell us your process for making sure that your <clears throat> kids are hitting their milestones and, and learning what they need, you know, to be successful. So, um, 
when you guys got a hold of me, I'm like, oh, don't get a hold of me. I'm not like an OG homeschool mom. I'm not like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know. We love the people that are in the learning process all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, we do FLVS for most of their classes, which is uh, Florida virtual school. Okay. Um, And that's just good for me um, as a working mom. And also there's so many resources out there. There's so many, there's online classes, there's, you know, curriculums you can pick through. And for my daughter, because she is very independent, she can work on her own. She does all online school. My son, who's 10 years old, he's dyslexic. He has has pretty severe dyslexia. So it's really nice that I can only do a couple classes online school and then other classes I can do things specifically for people with dyslexia so it's like really nice that you get to customize learning for your kids and as far as like milestones obviously the online school takes care of that with that but um that seems to be the biggest concern I hear from a lot of parents like how do you know they're learning what they need to know I'm like, do you remember anything from school? Like, do you remember anything you learned at all? Did a standardized test help you understand anything about the world? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you'll be fine. And when um, homeschoolers do get out and they test for college and things like that, they, they do better. They, they get better marks. So, you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not very educated. I um, don't have a history in um, education. But just the one-on-one time and knowing your child more and you, you love them more than anybody else in the world and you have their interests at heart, it it makes up for that, you know. And meanwhile... You're basically the perfect teacher for each yeah, of your individual children. Absolutely. You know them better. And there's teachers out there that I just think are amazing, you know, that are in that, are in that system that I think is broken and they, their heart is very pure with it. But they've got 20 kids, and they're dealing with the system that they're in. And they're or 200, like yeah, my I husband. Mean, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it, it makes up for what you're lacking, definitely, just having the one-on-one. And have you noticed that your children, um, have you noticed, like, specific changes in your in both of your kids? And your kids are lovely. Um, they're the kind of kids, kids. that... You know, um, you know, John and I really enjoy our, our friends who have kids that actually like interact with us. They're mm-hmm. not staring at their phone, you know, and I've only been around your kids one time, but they were lovely. I enjoyed talking to your daughter thoroughly. Thank you. Um, yeah. Super, super bright. And just you can tell that she's a thinker, too. Um, do you, Have you noticed significant changes since you went to homeschool? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when COVID happened, my kids were so upset with me that I'm like, this is it. And I, like a lot of weirdos, thought it was like the end of the world. And I was right and wrong at the same time. But like, I was like... We did too. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> that's I actually got into gardening and stuff. I was like, this is it. I'm uh-huh. doing it. And I killed a lot of plants. That's kind but, of how Dirty Hands ended up yeah, happening. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people, everything changed. And I, I, my kids were very upset and they were so distraught, especially my daughter who's in middle school. And um, she was just like, but my friends, I'm not going to see my friends. I'm like, honey, you're not going to be able to touch your friends. You're not going to be able to be within six feet of your friends. You're, it's going to be 
it's going to be terrible. And she said, it's only two weeks to slow the curve, mom. And I was like, no, sweetheart, that's not how this works. Once they take something away, they don't give it back. That's not how freedom works. And she was so upset and she's like, it's going to be like a prison. And I'm like, no, honey, in prison, you can play with your friends. In prison, you can play with your friends. You can do checkers yeah. or something. They have tablets yeah. there too now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I was like, no, it's going to be worse. And since then, it's been such an improvement um, in their learning and their mental health. The biggest thing I was concerned about was mental health when we first started. I did. I I was like, if they can just pull the rug out from us now, and children need stability, children need the same thing every Routine day. is the key. You know, they cannot feel like the adults are out of control because mm-hmm. the adults are the one in control. And I just thought it was so bad for them mentally. And you know, if you show any affection towards people around you, you're killing their grandma. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, that's <laughs> not good for a kid anyway. So. Within two weeks of homeschooling, um, you know, we started, she started getting more social time at like youth group and small groups and stuff like that. And she came out of youth group just crying happy tears because she's like, people there are actually nice. They remember my name. (laughs) Nobody's calling me a slut for wearing the wrong color shirt or something that day or whatever Mm. weird rules kids come up you know what I mean yeah the bracelets or the scrunchie or whatever you know she's she's dealing with people that are kind like they are in the real world and I know that sounds weird because people go well school helps them interact in the real world I'm like nobody bullies me in my (laughs) daily life yeah like nobody bullies me nobody's in the like the mental health crisis in schools I mean, it's it's not surprising because they are treated like criminals. They're treated like you cannot decide. Well, it's like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You put somebody in that environment, of course they're going to be upset. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are in bad homes. She was dealing with people, um, you know, talking about suicide, you know, self-mutilation. She was, you know, vaping. I know that sounds stupid, but it's like, who, what kind of parent lets well, her vaping? Vaping's really bad for you. <laughs> like, like, what kind of thing is going on there? So, you know, fighting all the time, and she's just a sweet girl. My my son, obviously, he he doesn't remember how bad public school was because he was, like, eating crackers and, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Apple juice but, and crackers still, yeah. You know, yeah. even in elementary school, you know, um, my daughter came up to me, and she was like, oh, my friend's bi. And I'm like, oh, no, honey, your friend's being molested. <laughs> like, like, we need to, like, I'm sorry. Like, but it was yeah. a bad environment. Even, I mean, Florida opened schools much sooner than than many other states. But yeah. I, I just remember standing online behind, it was, like, very obviously, like, um, this little boy, he was probably, like, eight or nine, and his father's girlfriend um, because, you know, they were kind of, like, having this awkward little conversation. And I remember she was asking, well, you know, so how do you feel about wearing your mask in school? And for some reason, this stands out in my mind. He was like, oh, it's okay. We get we get mask breaks. We can take our mask off for 10 minutes. And I was just thinking, like, how horrible is this? This has become, like... Yeah, the mask break. <laughs> that was the program. I mean, I don't know what I would have more of a hard time with if I sent my kids back to school during that time I don't know if I would have a problem with them suffering from it or accepting it right I don't know which one would be worse I think accepting it would be worse like that because then that's that's the whole program that's the whole thing and I'm not against if somebody wants to wear a mask wear a mask I'm not like 
crazy about one way or the other. It's just, why does a government entity have this much control over my family? And when it just really pulled back the veil from my eyes of what I thought was normal. The fact that, like, you can get in trouble if you're, as an adult. Yeah, if you're not wearing your mask. Well, and not just that, if you don't have your kid in school a certain amount of days... Yeah. Like, they're with me. They're safe. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> I gave birth to them. Yeah, I think I can like, handle it's this. It's totally fine. You know, um, it's just, it's insane. Like, I, in just what it was doing to them. And like you said, they're, they'll talk to adults. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Instead of being in this false world of the internet, which I think so many kids Absolutely. are, you know, um, and that's that's what's scary to me about yeah. their mental health because everything online that feels real is the polar opposite of reality. Mm-hmm. Like every time you have a person that you follow and you feel like you know them or, you know, uh, people that maybe even follow you and they feel like they know you they that is literally the opposite of knowing a person and like actually really interacting with a person it's their avatar Mm -hmm. you know and wouldn't you want to escape a world that they're in when you go to school like when you come home you would love to escape Mm -hmm. you know like it's setting them up for it well, and the amount of attention seeking that it instills in in people, you know, I think that's super unhealthy, like this selfie culture, uh, you know, of like attention seeking behavior that the social media is constantly promoting, you know, like if you're not paid attention to by all these likes or shares, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not valuable or someone else is more valuable than you. And that part is really scary for to me about like our youth. And it's all an outer appearance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if you're wearing the right clothes, if you have the right waist size, you know, if you're, you know. If you like the right person or you like the same influence, I mean, all yeah. that stuff is poison. Are your uh, children, do they have more time because they're not in school to be able to explore things that interest them personally? Uh, yes. Yes and no. They're the busiest they've ever been. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But they're busy with things that they enjoy. And they're, they're staying out of trouble. They're when... staying out of trouble. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes people have this idea of like, well, you got to, you know, kind of let them go and let them experience the world. And I'm like, yeah, within parameters, you know, they they get a little free reign, but they they do enjoy the extra time to enjoy the things that they want to do. My son is in jujitsu. Um, my daughter, she is, you know, she's about to start an internship at a soap factory. She sells organic. Maybe we should interview her about making soap. (laughs) She's yeah, very much. Yeah. That'd be great. She, um, she just started that business. Um, she is, does she have an online, uh, setup yet? yet? No, she's just been selling them at little craft fairs and stuff like that. Uh, That's just awesome. Time and just learning how to be an entrepreneur. They're both at Taking our shop after her all mom and dad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and they're just they're they're just cool kids. Like they're 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 learning what the real world is. I think before everyone else, it's almost like a cheat code. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they have it. <laughs> you think mm-hmm. like for so long in people's lives, I think like usually in their twenties or thirties, they think I got to work under somebody else. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, and it's just not the case. 
you know. When we don't live in a world where you have to have a degree from a college anymore, you know, mm-hmm. we, I mean, there's so many successful career minded people who don't have, you know, an education from like our country's higher education system. And it's basically like deprogramming, right? Mm-hmm. And they're deprogramming at a younger age mm-hmm. than other people, you know. Well, a lot of people, you know, have gone to this unschooling movement. Mm-hmm. That's what we did with Chris. Yeah. Well, John mostly did with Chris, but yeah, that's that was kind of like our vibe with Chris because he really, and that's my stepson, um, he really w- wasn't, uh, you know, the kind of person that thrived in that kind of institutional public school environment. And I think a lot of people who are, more, you know, maybe have a tendency towards uh, more thought process in their in their ways or more creativity in their ways um don't necessarily thrive in that environment i think most people don't yeah that's (laughs) true well it took me 40 years before i got broke out of that mold and started actually you know tapping into my creative side and exploring things that with a little more freedom like art and yoga and, and things like that that i am enjoy doing because you feel like when you're in that public school system that you have to achieve and you have to get the grade and you have to um, meet all of these marks rather than exploring what you're really good at which may not be math or or it could be like 25 things like you guys (laughs) but Tammy's like an expert at all kinds of important things she's a doula she's a yoga instructor of like a bunch of different kinds of yogas i gave myself my own tattoo okay well don't i don't know if that was the best plan i can't recommend that yeah yeah and it was on her foot it was terrible Uh, terrible. i don't recommend it either at least it wasn't somebody else but i don't recommend doing that um you know trying to be a jill of all trades i could totally get it wait so you've never given yourself your own tattoo as a tattooer but as a tattooer i don't recommend anybody that's not a tattooer okay okay you know well, and she learned deal. all of the health standards yeah oh yeah i'm sure difference. herself an infection <laughs> yeah stuff like that just so, little stuff <laughs> how long have you um been a business owner too uh that's um i'm pretty bad at telling uh time if you haven't <laughs> distance okay hold on one second uh i gotta think how old my kids are first time <laughs> i guess uh, i think like eight years Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure eight years. And I've been tattooing for about 15. And do you love it? I love it. And I think it's a great um, career for women, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, um, making your own schedule, doing your own thing. You're pretty much your own boss, even when you're not the owner of the shop. You know, you're just... I have a friend who I went to college with. She's a tattooer and she travels around to mm-hmm. different studios. Like she'll do a residency at like a studio in Denver for a couple months or a studio in New Mexico or things like that. Um, and I always thought that was kind of cool, like kind of like travel nursing, but for art. How did you get started tattooing? Um, Prison. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no. See, uh, I told you she's a comedian. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I really was disenfranchised with school. Actually, it's funny that it has to do with that. I mean, I really hated school, and I was just told by everyone, even in the art world, I wanted to be an artist. I liked art. Like, you have to go to school. You have to be, like, a graphic designer or something. And there's nothing against... Gotta go to SCAD. Yeah, or, you, have or, to, you know, yeah. whatever. And I'm like, eh, you know, I just... I, I hate computers. I hate school. 
I tried college for like five seconds and just hated every second of it. And um, I just, I really didn't know what to do. And I was just selling chicken wings and I was a single mom at, uh, I got pregnant when Wait, I was 17. chicken wings, like that you made or? No, no, nothing Like you that worked cool. at a chicken I, wing I, I place. I was slinging chicken wings at a, at a barbecue place that had like a, pig in a Hawaiian shirt as her mascot. Like, oh, it was not nice. like anywhere near as cool as that. Like, like Pitmasters? It's something like, it was like that. It was actually called Hog Bodies, but it was just, <laughs> just disgusting. Barbecue places are really weird when <laughs> it comes to marketing. There's a lot of like humanoid pigs. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It's pretty weird. So I just wasn't liking anything. I was really poor. Like, and you know, my mom was actually the first person that was like, why don't you get in tattooing? You like getting tattoos. And I was like 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, it just, a light bulb went off. I was like, I can't believe I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I got an apprenticeship and I... Were you always um, an artist? Um, I was. I didn't think I would ever do it for a living because, like I said, like, there was literally, like, the adults in my life said, signed painter. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. And, uh, <laughs> like, you know, and, uh, like, graphic design or whatever was starting to get really popular mm. in my vocational schools. And I was like yeah, I just, I can't work computers at all. Like I turn into like an orangutan, like trying to <laughs> smash it. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. So yeah, that's how I got into it. It's been amazing. I'm very, very grateful that I have a job that is so silly when you really think about it. And I make good money. Like I, it's like, it's crazy. I feel like it sounds like it'd be a lot of work. It's, yeah, but it's cool. Like, it's, It is know, very cool. It, Every day is different because you don't really know what you're going to be, you know, drawing from day to day. And... Yeah, and I like talking to people. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I, I really like talking to people. Everybody has a different background. I can learn a little bit. So, like, constant fellowship. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Do you ever get people that want you to tattoo them and you just don't, you can't stand them? Um, not that I can't stand them. There's a there's a long list of tattoos I will not do. Oh, so, like the actual specific yeah, the art actual pieces. Tattoo. And you know what? Are there body parts you won't tattoo? Um, I, well, I'm not gonna tattoo a man in his intimate areas. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no, I mean. But you're okay with like a face tattoo or? Oh yeah, I've done a few face tattoos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna tattoo a 19 year old on their face. Right. Like, uh, you know, sometimes a. 19 year old will come in and say I want my wife's my new wife's name across my neck in two inch letters do you have a favorite thing to tattoo or a favorite body part to tattoo um the parts of the body that don't make me hurt my back or terrific or make me have to do a bunch of stretches afterwards I mean but really I I do almost all styles um, I'm not one of those tattoo artists that only specializes in one thing. I really love tattooing. And a lot of tattoo artists are very into like just one style and they're like, okay, if it's not traditional, I don't want to do it. Or if it's not, you know, realism, I don't want to do it. I really like any tattoo that comes in that isn't obviously offensive and is something that they really want and I could do the best job for them. I'm, I, I kind of wanted to have a non-pretentious tattoo shop Mm -hmm. and that's why yeah it's called (laughs) larue tattoos because it means the street and there's a type of tattoo shop called a street shop and even though we're not technically a street shop i wanted to have that vibe of like you know if your grandma wants to come in and get like Mm -hmm. a little 
Cherry Creek Dolphin, you know, <laughs> for, like for her grandkids, that's totally fine. You know, right, like right. I'm going to treat her the same as I would who's get somebody getting a sick wolf tat or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something really cool. I, mm. I don't really care either way. And uh, I know, love that non-judgmental vibe too, because yeah. I think as a person who's tattooed, you know, even if you have a lot of tattoos, when you go into a shop, there's always that feeling of like, you know, you know, like the Leo's workers in Gainesville, you know, or like the people that work at Whole Foods are always like giving you like a nasty look. Like, if are you, don't... you one of us? Yeah. Like, like are, are you, you really cool? cool? Yeah. You know, are you cool enough for me to tattoo you? I mean, sure. I, I love tattoos that showcase my talent more, you know, like I love realism and I love like neo-traditional and things that are very intricate um, like geometric tattoo. I mean, everything really, but I, you know, it's not about me, you know, and I think a lot of artists get into, especially if we're talking about Instagram and Facebook and all that, they want the likes, mm-hmm. they want, yeah. they want the clout and that's cool. Like, you know, right. people don't get into art because they don't want people telling them you're so cool. You're so great. <laughs> like I, or I'm because fine. they don't want people to like it. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. of course you do it for a certain amount of attention, you know, but it's, well, there's marketing too. You know, yeah. it's important so that people know about your talent. Of course. Do you feel like um, you get the opportunity to do like something custom for someone on a regular basis? Because we're a full custom shop. So people come in with, um, you know, pictures and things like that. And, but I, I try to make everything custom, you know, especially now with the internet, everything is available. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, people come in and they, oh, I would never go and pick something off the wall. And then they bring me the same Google image I've seen <laughs> like seven times that week, you know, of so the I, flash yeah. art. <laughs> so I do try to, you know, a big part of my job is listening to the person, seeing what they want, you know, and making it a little bit different than everybody else's tattoo. And do you feel like, uh, do you ever find yourself talking someone out of maybe what they came in oh, for? Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people like, are You might not... not want this five years from now. <laughs> well, just in, just in terms of the way it looks. You mm. know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I'm sure interior designer, there's rules of the trade. Like, hey, you don't do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, or you don't, you know, you don't mix this with this. Mm-hmm. And I've got to lead people. A lot of my job is educating people. Um, in the process of creating a tattoo like hey you don't want to mix those two styles that doesn't make any sense and it's going to look like a cluster fudge on your arm mm-hmm. like it's going to look like a turd <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like don't don't make me do that mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it so yeah there's stuff like that all the time it's just like a hairstylist like do you find people more come in wanting something custom or different than people that want to flip through the flash on the wall and pick something people usually come in with their own ideas and the best people come in with a couple ideas, they have a few pictures as reference, and then they say, but, you know, in regards to this or that with it, you do what you think looks best. I don't like when people come in and they just say, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do Rodney Dangerfield on your butt. <laughs> and then that usually shuts down that respect. conversation. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I seriously do want to do a portrait of Rodney Dangerfield on somebody's butt. But... 
Nerd dog. (laughs) And then there's people who like completely micromanage the entire process and they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) They they don't know anything about art and they don't know how to explain what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And what they're thinking is probably not even possible because they probably don't see in pictures. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They can't visualize it. So, you know, everybody has a different brain. Do you find that people, this is my other question I was thinking about, um, because I get really pissed when people try and nickel and dime my friends who are business owners or like when I was booking music and people Mm -hmm. would be like, oh, let me in the door for free because I know the band. Well, like everyone knows the band. That's who (laughs) comes to see the band. And if you really like this band, then you'll fork over your 10 bucks because you want them to keep playing at places. Absolutely. Um, so people, I would think people would try that with tattooers. They do. And, um, and this is a part where I love having my kids at the shop. There's parts that, that I don't like having my kids at the shop, mm. but I do think it's educational for them to see that you can value your own work. And I just don't deal with it. If somebody goes, well, so-and-so said they could do it for less, you should go to them. Yeah. They sound great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should just go to them. You know, I don't, I don't deal with a lot of stuff um and you know it I think becoming a business owner or an entrepreneur and my 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 husband's learning more about this now with a skate shop because he's only had it for I think a year is like you really learn who's for you Mm. and who's cheering you on if you accomplish anything you really learn who is for you because people who you know there's a lot of people who would love to see you at your lowest point forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like when I was not... Even people who don't know you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh with social media, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You've got people like on the sidelines and very few are cheering you on. It's like, uh, it's, you know, like the Coliseum or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Like take her out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like any failure that they even perceive is like, is it's really gross because mm. it makes them feel better with their small little lives sometimes yeah mm. absolutely um, but yeah it's basically like there's a lot of people that are not rooting for you when you become like the boss of anything you think like people are gonna treat me the same and I'm gonna they're gonna be so happy for me and it's like no you're not their friend anymore mm. they're not your friend and it really sucks because you feel exactly the same towards them but they don't feel the same towards you so they want free stuff people just want or a discount it's like why would you ask your friend who you want to support for a discount on their service or product that seems uh counterproductive to me absolutely and they make up all sorts of scenarios in their head like oh you probably were grew up rich or you know it's it's hilarious (laughs) like like, it's like so funny to me um you know yeah I was super rich working at the chicken wing barbecue place mom at 17 like it was great (laughs) but yeah I mean people really do like but and you always make more money in their heads than you actually do well, like, try, being, try being a lawyer. Well, and, oh, the, and they don't always make assumptions. Oh, yeah. I was also a, a single mom at yeah. one point in time. I was pregnant at 19. You know, I've had to do a whole lot of hard work, and I haven't had things. You went to law to school with like on a 20 kids in your house. <laughs> but people make assumptions about all of us. And I, I just I just finished teaching a yoga class, and and I themed my the end of class about the the four agreements, 
the, the little book, The Four Agreements, and it's uh, always be impeccable with your words. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the spot. Um, don't make assumptions. I'm trying to remember the second one. The fourth one is always do your best. It's the second one. It's See, the fifth one is to... don't forget the four agreements. Don't forget the four yeah. agreements. <laughs> um, but it's very wise words uh, to live by. Because I think that we all do make assumptions about the person sitting across from us or next to us. Um, and we haven't walked their path. And so that's why we need to treat each other with grace. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you also teach a Bible study. Yes. Uh-huh. So tell us a little bit about that. So it's funny that you mentioned uh, comedy because <laughs> I feel like that really set me up to do Bible study. Um, you All right, know, you're going to have to explain this one. <laughs> just being able to explain ideas and talk to people and this and that. And, you know, uh, comedy is not the li- – I loved the art form, but it's just not the lifestyle for me. As a mom, I don't want to be in downtown Orlando at, at one Midnight, o'clock in the morning yeah. on a on a Wednesday. Like it's just not for me right now. But um, you know, it there's there's a lot of hurdles to explaining these like really important complex ideas to people that most people have. And I kind of shadowed under a Bible study teacher for a little bit over a year before I did my own Bible study. And it's only like 10 ladies, but it's it's so much more rewarding than being in front of like, you know, a whole audience of people at the improv. Like it's, it's like, it's so much more rewarding. And honestly, the jokes kill. Like they kill. If Bible jokes are funny. If you're in funny. a church and you tell even a slightly funny joke, people are peeing their pants <laughs> because they are not expecting it. And it's great. And, um, yeah, I love it. And you get just get to invest into, uh, you know, I get to invest in women's lives and we're all about, you know, give or take the same age range and dealing with a lot of the same things. And, you know, just to have people behind you, like we were just talking about, like, there's a lot of people that are not for you and to be able to pray for each other and know what's going on in each other's lives and really just be there for each other and study the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very important. Well, taking it back to stand up comedy, I mean, there, there is something to the theme, you know, Mm -hmm. because when you're, when you're structuring your act, you're having to, you know, kind of weave a theme through so that you have this continuity. Do you find yourself like theming? Are you writing your own Bible study like curriculum and coming? I up actually with do. It's kind of a. I wrote my own Bible study. Yeah. You know, I just take things from commentaries and obviously, you know, just we read verse by verse. It's very laid back. It's not, you know, a lot of. There's no homework. <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing like that. Um, yeah, we just read verse by verse. We ask questions we you know and like I said we pray for each other you know and that's been the best thing for me I've done like straight out of a study and honestly you know I had women in there that were working nights and they were starting to fall asleep and because like, it, was, it was a little dry so it's 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 much better to be able to have a little bit of room to discuss the scripture and you know what God is saying to them in their life and what they're going through so it's it's much more personal that way do you have a favorite scripture joke that you'd favorite be willing to share with us? Joke? Or do not you just kind of... Not that I'm willing kinda... to share. No. Well, how about uh, 
Well, my favorite is um, Psalm uh, 27.4, and it's, uh, there's one thing I may ask of the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. And um, I am a big Bible nerd, and that's just what I think heaven is like you are just meditating in his temple like you are just focusing on him i mean if i if i didn't have all the other stuff in my life going on and i'm thankful i do because it gets me out of sitting and drinking coffee all day and reading my bible like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? like i that's what i would do like i would just sit and read my bible all day i'm a little bit um i think a little bit neuroatypical i'm pretty easy i, I can focus on things for a really long time so that's kind of my favorite thing in the entire Bible. It's just is that one day I'm just going to be able to sit and focus on everything beautiful and everything good. And, uh, you know, because the world is a little, is a little crazy, you know? Sure is. You know? Sure is. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to the whole homeschooling thing, like, it, like you can create your own little world and decide what you're focusing on and what your your family's going to be focused on you have complete control over that there's a lot of things you don't have control over you know but the more control you can have in your life and just focus on you know the good the pure and the beautiful like you should do that and you shouldn't be bogged down by this idea that the world tries to put on you that you can't that you have to just do everything that everybody else is doing. You know, you can have a very good mix in your life. And like I said, we're not balanced. Yeah, we're not we're not the most like traditional um, you know, family. My my husband cooks all the time. I'm super I'm uber into my business. You know, there's and there's things that we're a little non-traditional about. And you can pick exactly what type of family and lifestyle you're going to have. You can customize your life like a tattoo. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I like how you timed that in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what advice do you have for someone who is thinking about pulling their kids out of that traditional school system and starting the process of educating them at home? So for me... Um, I got into a co-op and that was insanely important for me because I did not know what I was doing and um, in some ways I still don't. I get a lot of help, you know, it does take a village to raise a child, but you can pick exactly which villagers (laughs) (laughs) you can create your own little world. So um, there's so many resources now for homeschooling um, and there weren't not very long ago. Like you used to actually have to be little house on the prayer mom to, to homeschool. And when you join a co-op, you're surrounded by, you know, mostly moms, mostly women who are like, OG homeschool moms. Like there's a lady named April at ours that is like, she knows every curriculum that's ever come out. They've been homeschooling a bunch of kids for like 20 years. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they know every curriculum, they know every resource. They know how to handle dealing with the state with it, like all the paperwork. They, I mean, they just know everything. And that helped me out a lot. How did you find your co-op? 
Um, uh, God, probably. I just, like, yeah, it just <laughs> fell in my lap because they were currently at my church. They were using my church building, and now they're at a different church building. But, yeah, it just, it just worked out. Um, and they're terrific. I mean, and you can, there's a lot of different types of co-ops. But we did that, even though we do a lot of stuff online, just so they have a community. We have help. I have a friend that just started, um, just started homeschooling, and she was still very much in the school mindset. Like it has to be like school. And like you that, have to sit down at a certain yeah, time. Yeah, and you and have to do this many and hours. And it happens chapter, between right? 7 and <laughs> yeah, 3 absolutely. in the afternoon. And she was just really pan. And you can't recreate that at home. And it shouldn't be recreated at home. You're, you're supposed, it's supposed to be a haven, like from mm-hmm. that. So she was panicking. And um, everybody at the co-op, I got her into the co-op. And everybody at the co-op was like, oh, you just started homeschooling? It's going to be okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't panic. It doesn't have to look like everything else. It doesn't have to be, you know, your kids. It's deprogramming. Are you know? sponges. Yeah. They're going to pick up what they need to know. It's going to be okay. Like I said, do you remember anything you learned in school? <laughs> I don't at all. Well, like, I, think, I think that the reason that people don't try new things, you know, they have things, they have dreams. They have ideas about things that they want to do, whether it's gardening or tattooing or homeschooling, but it's fear. They're like, Mm -hmm. because they're afraid of failure, they're afraid of being judged. Um, And and so I think that, you know, overcoming that fear sometimes is the first step. And, you know, just like the the people at the co-op were like, it's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so putting, you know, putting that new person at ease and, you know, giving them hope that, hey, you can actually do this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I want to ask you about um, the financial commitment that it takes. Uh, can and Do you think any um, income level, any kind of economic level person can homeschool their so children? one hurdle, and it's not impossible, but I think it probably would be very tough to have... Uh, like a divorce situation because unless you have an amazing co-parent situation where they are on the same exact page and they're going to do exactly what you do the same curriculum you know what I mean like I think that would be very hard Mm -hmm. and there is income inequality in that there's income inequality between families that are you know divorced or together honestly obviously two incomes is better than one you know um co-ops uh they can be expensive, but they, they, there's, like I said, there's a lot of different types. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you might could start your own if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And people do. Um, and basically like, uh, I think with ours, every cent that you pay goes towards resources that mm-hmm. they, they have to have, like, you know what I mean? Like the place and, and the, you know, the materials, but, um, you know, I, I think that you can do it very cheap, but you're also paying with time. Mm-hmm. And some people don't have that luxury. So I think there can be an income issue with people. Um, uh, we've been very fortunate last couple years, you know, and we do have a business. We can take our kids to work. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that at more more businesses, businesses yeah you know? well I mean by being there in the family business the kids are learning things about 
Money. Everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, reliability, scheduling, being on time. I mean, there's so How many... to interact with people. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I would like to see more businesses accept that of their employees. Because, you know, it's easy as the boss to say, yeah, my kid's going to be here. Right. <laughs> like, you know, but um, I love when I see, like, a small business, like, if you go into, like, your insurance place and the young mom has their kid there because she has mm-hmm. to have her kid there. Like, it's... I really like to see that. I think it's a more organic way of living. I think that our ancestors did that. Like, it wasn't a big deal. This, And I think the school system is a big reason that we went away from that. Because it just became this idea that children are bussed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everybody within this age group is bussed off during the day. They go to work and we go to work. You know, we don't really live. Well, and they're together. spending more time with your kids than you are. Absolutely. That's I. I was really. I I, I don't want to say ashamed. I don't want to shame anybody else, but I was ashamed at how much time I was okay spending away from my kids every day. When I when I got that time with them, and I actually learned who they were, I was like, I can't believe, just because. Like I said, you just accept things as normal. And it's the way we've always done it. It's yeah. the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And they just, they went to school, I think it's like seven hours a day. And I figured out how much time I spent in that damn car line. I don't know if you've ever been in a car line. <laughs> yeah. It is hell. Like, it is hell on earth. I, I like, Road I... Road rage. Yeah. And so every day I would go to two schools that got out at different mm. times. In the middle of my day, I had to stop with my clients and give myself wiggle room in between them go pick them up take them home i i estimated about three hours a day in travel time we live five miles from the schools wow and just getting them home making sure they do their homework which homework don't even get me started like Like, that's insane you had them for seven hours you couldn't teach them what they needed to know right (laughs) and now they have to do homework it's just busy work yeah i'm like what's the point in even sending them to school it's when control. they get homework. I think homework is completely based on control it's personally. Yeah. Like no but and again, not in the real world. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes, Oh, I know you're tattooing here, but can when you go home, can you do more? Yeah. Like when you're supposed to be relaxing with your family. Like it's insane to expect yeah. a child to do that. There's so much pressure. I mean it's pressure for the parents, it's pressure for the kids, um, and you are sacrificing even more time. Absolutely. Do you follow any uh, social media, Instagram uh, folks that are that you can recommend for homeschooling? There's a lot on there. I'm really an Instagram girl. I like Instagram better mm-hmm. than all the other ones. Less people's yeah. opinions. I feel like. More, I mean, more more, dogs more pretty and stuff <laughs> and dog. Yeah. yeah. I mean, food, dogs. I'm all about it. Art. That's I what mean, I want to see in my feed. I the in the the homeschool world is so varied like I would just encourage people to go and look up their own stuff because I look up homeschool quotes and this and that and I unschooling and this and that but like I said the family cultures are so different they'll be like I followed like gentle parenting stuff for a while and I'm like nope nope this just makes me feel bad for yelling at my kids I can't do this like I'm not that mom and then I'll, you know, fall super crunchy stuff. And it's like, did you know your furniture is actually killing you? <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this yeah, either. Yeah. But no, I, I follow a lot of stuff for dyslexia. Okay. Um, dys, uh, dyslexia Connect and things like that. Because uh, my biggest, um, my biggest, uh, I don't want to say hardship. 
I guess, hurdle in homeschooling is my son's dyslexia. It's, it's challenging for me. So I just try to remind myself it must be so much more challenging for oh, him. Can it must imagine. be so discouraging. Yeah. And when he was in school, he would act out. Um, and just so he, he wouldn't be the dumb kid, he'd be the bad kid. <laughs> like, honestly. Well, imagine if we're all sitting here talking and I'm talking, but I don't understand what you're... It's like a whole other yeah. language when you're he, trying to read and everything in school is based on reading. And he faked it for a long time and just the burden that that weighed on him so he has a negative attitude towards reading but he's insanely intelligent he's so intelligent so you know I I follow things that encourage me about that and every I think everybody's thing is going to be different so Jesse thanks for sharing all of that with us we ask all of our guests if you had one piece of advice about anything in the world um, to give to our listeners, what would that be? Wow, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what my one piece of advice would be. Um, I guess read your Bible and apply mm-hmm. it to your life, you mm-hmm. know, um, and if you're curious about it, you don't have to be any type of person to, you know, seek God and seek the Lord. It's just, I mean, uh, that would be my plug, the most important plug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where should a person start? Um, uh, in the Bible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would start in the New Testament, personally. Um, some of the Old Testament stuff is pretty far Heavy. removed from our <laughs> lifestyle now, and mm-hmm. we wouldn't understand the con- you know, context. I personally started in Matthew. Um, Romans is a really great place to start because it just explains salvation and how you know god came here for us and uh in the form of christ jesus christ so it's just it's it really explains the nuts and bolts okay of everything i like it thank you so much for joining us and if our listeners want to follow you or make an appointment to get a beautiful custom tattoo by you where would they find you online so, um, I prefer Instagram, like I said, dogs and hats, and I follow a lot of um, pigs that wear outfits. Me too. Do you follow <laughs> Esther? I do. I actually, love yeah. Esther. Um, yeah, so LaRue Tattoo Studio is on Instagram, and also Jesse uh, Robinette Tattooer, which is my personal. You can follow me. We could be friends. Yay. And we're also on Facebook, the, the business, but, you know, Facebook. Mm-hmm. necessary evil I guess (laughs) Mm -hmm. here at Dirty Hands Podcast we want the conversation to include you so Sarah Rose tell our listeners how they can connect with us you can find us on Instagram at Dirty Hands Podcast our website dirtyhandspodcast.com or you can email us at dirtyhandspodcast at gmail.com Let us know what topics you would like to hear about or if you get your hands dirty doing something cool. We would also love your feedback, so rate us and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And give us some stars. Until next time, get out there and get your hands dirty. And we'll keep digging for more ways you can do do it it yourself. yourself.